Hello, and welcome to the michaelcrane.live podcast. The podcast is about entrepreneurship and tips for staying highly motivated to make a positive change in your life. Keep listening and follow the podcast to stay connected with the community at michaelcrane.live. So get comfy and enjoy today's conversation. When you start out on your business journey, no matter what business you are starting, I can it can be overwhelming and leave you struggling to even start. So what do you do? You should know it makes sense to find a person who has done it or preferably someone who is still doing it and has the time to speak to you regarding the pitfalls, the struggles, and the successes. Yes, there are so many gurus out there, but rarely do you come across someone like Sarah Gittens who is generous with her knowledge, all gained during her 21 years of business to date. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Thank you. What an introduction. <laughs> and thank you so much for coming on to the michaelcrane.live podcast. This is the place for people running a business, starting a business, or simply people who need inspiration and motivation to make a change. Being in business can be a lonely journey. Not anymore. Welcome, Sarah. How are you doing? I'm really good, thank you. It's a beautiful sunny day and I am excited to be here. (laughs) That's great. It's beautifully sunny here too. So tell us more about you. Wow. Where do I start? Right. So 1999, I started my first business. Um, I, it was a, it's a dance school, you know, and a lot of people sort of say, well, oh, you're just a dance teacher. Oh, there's lovely. And I'm like, no, there is so much more to being a dance teacher than, you know, just going and teaching the children. Ultimately, it is a business. And that's something that I really didn't learn early on in my business. I really sort of pigeonholed myself into that oh, I'm just this or I'm just that. And it wasn't until later on in my life that I actually go, hang on, hang on. I'm dealing with staff. I'm dealing with multiple venues. I'm putting on massive events, sellout shows. I do this so much more to just a dance teacher. And it really does drive me insane when um, people say, oh, this is Sarah. She's just a dance teacher. I find I just end up correcting them because I'm like, a business is a business. No matter how small or how big you are, you are a business. The HMRC will see you as a business. It's no different. And for me, it's been a long journey of discovery and growth and learning. But, you know, I'm almost, well, almost 22 years now and I'm still going. My dance school is still going strong. It's multi-venue. It has over 300 pupils. So it's quite a, a big, substantial thing. And I absolutely still love it 22 years on as well which is um 
quite something, I think, to say. And then um, six years ago, I retrained and I did my postgraduate in mentoring and entrepreneurial practice. And I opened the Dance Den, which is a coaching and, well, more mentoring, mentoring with coaching techniques um, than I use to help studio owners, other dance school owners, other theatre school owners, other music school owners to grow, scale, lead their businesses, start them even, because that's what my book is all about as well, which is starting your own dance school. And it's it's very much about giving them the business skills because we trained as teachers, we trained as dancers. So we trained with our feet, we trained you know, doing pirouettes and kicks and all the rest of it. And we can teach this, but can we do our break-even points? Do we know what our profit margins are? Can we do our marketing? Do we know what our brand identity is? And often we don't because business is not taught in the colleges or the universities in the creative industry. It's just not taught. So you sort of go out and you go, what do I do? (laughs) Where do I start? How do I promote myself? How do I earn my money? Um, So that's what I do. It's about supporting people whose passion drives them first and then making sure that they have a solid business behind it to back that up um, whilst having a life for themselves and creating balance because again we all know running a business can be all-consuming and that has to stop as well. What is the size of your potential audience and is it global? It is global. It is global. Just alone, and this is going back a couple of years now, um, there were 23,000 dance schools in the UK. Um, There are post-pandemic, we're still sort of in it, but there are dance schools closing, unfortunately. But then there's also people who are going, you know, the performance opportunities are not there for dancers per se at the moment. So they're going, what am I going to do? Do you know what? Put my performing career on the back burner and let's do my next stage of my career, which is to open um, and teach the next generation. So there's a lot of change in the industry at the moment, but it is a huge industry. And I never think I realized, and that's only gone by dance schools, mind. That's not talking performing arts schools or theater schools or drama schools or music schools, because we're all in the same sort of niche then, if you would. But it's it's huge. And I've just taken on a new member now who's based in Nigeria. So it's literally expanding all over the place. Beautiful. <clears throat> I truly do love global businesses because that just opens so many more doors. Yeah. So let me ask you this question. Mm-hmm. I've been a dancer for 20 years. No, I haven't actually, not me personally. <laughs> We've had the COVID pandemic. Mm-hmm. There are no events going on. There's no show, very few shows going on. And like you say, I want to start my own dance school. Mm-hmm. How can you help me? Well, first off, I'd say buy my book <laughs> because that literally is like what my, what the people who bought the book before, they say they call it like the Bible. It's their go-to reference book that they leave on the shelf and just go, oh my God, well, how do I do that? And it's all in there. Um, Like you said in the introduction, I'm quite generous with my knowledge and in in all forms, actually, because 
I, I genuinely come from a place of wanting to help people and I want them, no pun intended, to put their best foot forward. Um, and that comes from, you know, when I opened my dance school 22 years ago, I mean, it was a very different world. You're talking, you know, advertising was the yellow pages and how well you were doing was based on the size and whether you had color in the yellow pages. And it's, it's of course, you know, social media has blown everything out of the water now. But for me, about starting your school, it's about getting the foundations right. And I would say that that is the same in any business. You have to understand what your values are, where you are coming from. You have to know what your aims or your mission is. You have to do the maths. You have to do the research. You have to really dig down into who your ideal client is. And I'm I'm not a great fan of that word, ideal client, because it's so, there's so many different formulas out there that you can use. I've created one specifically for my own studio owners that's that's quite specific to our niche. And it's quite hard to dig down to it. And I, I never really understood it when I opened my business. I was like, who, who's my ideal client? Well, it's everyone because I teach from three to adults and Therefore, it's every, I need everyone. And it's not until you drill down into that and really separate and segment them out. Do you understand? Okay, actually, a three-year-old or a mum of a three-year-old, should we say, is not going to be attracted to the same marketing and the same messaging as what an adult would. And it's quite obvious when you dig down, but when you first start out, because there's so many balls that you're juggling, you, you sort of grasp. Um, my recommendation would be 100% spend time on your foundations. Do not rush them because you cannot build a business from rocky foundations. It's like trying to put a house up from the world of Dr. Zeus. Do you know what I mean? Where it's all, you know, the reason they dig down deep to build a house is to give solid foundations so the thing doesn't fall down. Businesses are absolutely no different. You have to, if you're going to open a business now, you have to do the work on the foundations without fail. And that work is normally unpaid. And I would agree with you. A lot of people do start their business and build their foundation on sand. And there's only one thing that happens when you build your foundation on sand. It doesn't last the test of time. So when you find a student who's just starting out in their in their business, their dance studio. They've got a true, proper foundation, Sarah, and they find yourself. How does that conversation, that relationship, that mentoring actually start to really start paying them rewards, giving them the insight to know what way to go when they really don't know whether to put their left foot forward, their right foot forward, or like me, I haven't got a clue what forward, <laughs> what foot to put forward first. <laughs> well, that's a really interesting question, actually, because my um, my business model is changing, and again, it's part of who I am, and as I grow. And I'm always growing. We had this conversation before about continually learning and investing in yourself as a person. And one of my things is I overgive. 
and I overgive on not even a little scale, a huge scale. And I'm very aware that sometimes that can be quite overwhelming. So my business model is really changing at the moment. You know, when people who are buying into my membership program, they get access to all of this and that and all the rest of it. And they get lives and they get coaching and they get all the rest of it. And I'm like, my God, imagine me going into that now. I go, where do I start? Whoa. So when, and this comes from, oh my gosh, his name, is it Jeff Walker? Is he the membership guru guy? Or is it He's the launch man, isn't he? Yes, the launch man. Who is the membership guy? Stuart? McLaren. Thank you. (laughs) And he talks about the success path and he talks about the measuring stick, about people having a measuring stick so that they know when they come into a program or a course or a membership, I'm at this stage. I'm at A. I need to get to D. And I don't want to go to Z to get to D. And it can be quite easy when you go into something and you're overwhelmed by things to go, you know, it's the shiny, shiny syndrome. Oh, look at that. Let me just, no, no. Okay. Let me, let me do this one. And then, oh, this sounds good. Let me do that. And then you find that you're just ingesting knowledge for the sake of knowledge and you're not activating that knowledge, which is, you know, quite dangerous in some ways. We all love learning. We all love knowledge, but it has to be actioned on it. You have to think about it. You have to go, how does this help me? Or how do I apply this to my business to help it move the next step? And that's what I loved about what he said about this measuring stick. So I'm actually changing the model of my membership and it'll be relaunched now in November to to have a step-by-step guide so that when they come in, they get that time and they'll get some time with me, a little a little call with me that goes, where are you at? Okay, go here and follow that order. So it's a step-by-step guide so they don't get lost and they've got that measuring stick to go, do you know what? I was here when I started and now I'm there. And I think also, you know, whether you're in a program or a membership or not, uh, I know myself personally, I often don't give myself that pat on the back or I actually don't realize how far I have come. And I think that's very important for us as business owners to go, you know what, in January I was here and in April I'm there. Um, you know, financial, sometimes it is. Or if it's down school owners and things like that, they can go, oh, you know, I had 50 students, now I have 100. That's a very obvious measuring stick. But when you're looking internally, and you're doing the groundwork and you're doing the foundation work, which is often time, effort to invest in your business with no financial rewards and with no real obvious measuring stick. It's only when you sort of look back and go, actually, I've gone from here to there. And you have to do that and not spend loads of time looking back, but just acknowledge, hell, I have done the work. I have moved on. And that, I think, is really important. A lot of what I read, Sarah, people say start with the end in mind. So they start at Z. And I actually quite like that statement because you've got to know where you're going. You've got to know what your focus is. And you've got to know what it looks like when you get there. So tell me about your plan. 
Tell me about how you implement your goals in your plan to keep you on track because you're right in what you're saying. All too often, new, new creates overwhelm. New business, new job, new uh, uh, trying to learn the piano. It's really, really difficult to know what comes first. So it'd be really interesting to hear your thoughts on how you do it. And part of that is how your students gain from someone who has a clear plan, clear goals. And by the way, congratulations. By speaking with you, I can tell and see what work, hard work, you've put in and it's all down to your commitment your consistency your routines and your goals thank you it's for me when it comes to goals um goals plans dreams whatever you want to call them i I listen to my gut an awful lot. I have learned over the years to trust it. It sometimes doesn't quite tell me what needs to happen, but I know something needs to happen. And I sometimes take quite some time to process things. So this change of this business model, I had the initial idea four years ago. I did not have all the pieces. Only last week did the final piece drop. And then I went... Oh, my days. Right. There it is. There. It, let's do this. And already I've applied for trademarks and da, da, da. And it, it's like all systems go now. So that's four years in the making. And I have I have a, a book. And in this book, oh, my God. And all names have escaped me today. Dale. Oh, I'll have to come back to you. It's a it's a guy who does CAD. Oh, now see, I'm normally pretty good on names, and today it seems to have escaped me. He has a system of to-do lists. And basically to-do lists for everything, to-do of where you want to go on holiday, to-do of in the future. And I have a book of lists where I just go, oh this because I'm very like that shiny shiny person where I'll go ah I want to go here and I want to go here it's very easy for me to lose focus so when I get that idea it goes on a list and every now and again I look at that list and I go what's still appropriate or what really was pie in the sky and needs to come off and that's quite an important reference point for me because I'm always focused on the long-term gains or goals, sorry. What is my long-term objectives? And I'm a big planner. I've even got my own planner. I produce my own planner and sell it. And for me, it's about understanding, okay, where do you want to go in this business? What is your objective? Are you planning in 10 years time to sell it? Are you planning to franchise it? Do you want to license it? Do you want to get a manager in and step back? What is that long-term goal? And how are you going to get there? And it could take you four years, like the penny dropping on my what my business model actually should be. Um, sometimes it will take you that long. Sometimes it won't. But I find that when you sort of just 
it's it's the whole classic, not, not working on your business, not working in it, which I know it's a little bit cliche, but when you sit down at your desk in the morning, you have to reference your long-term goals. Something you have to do daily has to work towards that long-term goal. Otherwise, you're going to bury yourself in short-term objectives. And you will bury yourself into the everyday to do, check your finances, do your marketing, contact this person, do this contract, sign that, re-update, blah, 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 blah. That's the stuff. I call it the stuff. Every business has stuff. So you have to do the stuff because if you don't do the stuff, the business doesn't run. But where in doing that stuff is that long-term goal? If you want to go on safari and you have to get 15 grand extra money in the bank to go on safari, how are you going to earn that income? And if that's a new product, if that's a price increase, if that's a cost saving, if that's a a new course or a new membership or something that you're going to run, then what does that look like? And what is that price point? And do your stuff. But make sure you have a little bit of time that works on that long-term goal that's going to give you money in the bank to get you to safari. And that's the way I I work. I know everybody's got different plans, but that's the way I always work it. You mentioned uh, just now about that moment a couple of weeks ago where the penny dropped and the inspiration came. Can you share with our listeners how and what you were doing to enable that penny to drop because it doesn't just drop it's a byproduct of many conversations mm-hmm. probably over many years yeah. so how did that penny drop for you and why did it change significantly everything you're doing i went on holiday <laughs> oh that's interesting <laughs> I went on holiday. So during the pandemic, um, obviously I've, I run my, I actually have four businesses, but the two of them are my main ones. Um, two are property. So they tend to, I say run themselves, but they, they pretty much do. Um, during the pandemic, my dance school is a limited company. It got zero financial assistance. Um, at the time, my my mentoring, my coaching business, the dance den, um, because my dance school was my primary earner, I couldn't claim any money for the dance den. So I was hit with this whole scenario of, holy crap, my dance school's in lockdown. What am I going to do? So I literally, I've never worked so hard in my life, honestly. I threw the kitchen sink at it and then some. And I went balls to the walls. I have no choice. I have to make this work. So for the last 18 months, I've been guns blazing and I haven't stopped. And I did a course by Shah Wasamund over the summer called Empowered. And like you say, it's not, it wasn't her course necessarily that did it. It was a comment that the mentor on the course said, and then that sent me back to Stuart's training. And I re and I, it was his free training. I didn't invest in his training. It was his free training. I went and watched those videos and I was watching Shah's stuff and I was listening to the mentor and I have my own personal mentor as well. And I was going back over the things that she told me and the pieces just started 
coming together, but I still couldn't make sense of it. And then I stopped. I went on holiday and I chilled and I just went and breathe. You're okay. The school is back open. Everything's fine. You survived. You've got still four businesses, which is a miracle coming out of a pandemic. Because if you've still got your business, you've done really, really well. If you've treaded water, you've done really, really well. Even if you've gone backwards, but you survived, you've done really, really well. If you've made a life choice and shut it down and moved on to something else, you've done really, really well. No matter where you've ended up, congratulate yourself. But this stopping allowed me to step back. And in that step back and in that thought process, I was like, oh, oh. And literally it was um, my website lady. She literally just said one word. She said, she said one word. She said, why don't we change that word on your website from juggle to scale? That's all she said to me. And then literally the name of my course or my membership, which is going to change to, so it's going to change. It's currently the dance den. The the den is my membership. It's going to change to the start, scale, steer studio system. And it's going to become a full-on step-by-step system. And the penny, that was the final penny. And I went, all right, I get it. I know what I have to do. And it's happening. (laughs) It's very exciting. Today's show has been sponsored by www.teameasycrane.co.uk. We help you build your business and grow recurring profits. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button. You know, I can see your face, which our listeners can't, haven't got the privilege to do. And I can see you speaking about your new formula. And it's really quite encouraging how your face radiates such energy, positivity, when that new thought, that new combination has potentially going to change absolutely everything. And it's really quite interesting how that moment of inspiration came when you were not in the business. So I'm a coffee drinker. And each morning, I pour my kettle on my percolator. And I sit and I let the flavors percolate. And I think all too often, we do not allow the coffee or ourselves to percolate with those moments of inspiration and the flavors start to show. So congratulations. Well done. And you. You, you know, you're right. Who pats you on the back when something goes really well? So we're on this virtual call today recording this podcast. So let me give you a virtual pat on the back because we need people on the sidelines to cheer us on when those bad days show up. Mm. It's a bit like the weather yesterday. In London, it was pouring down most of the day. 
What can we do? We can do nothing about those days, but we can continue moving our cheese forward one step by step each day. We've spoken a lot about your goals and your inspiration and why uh, you set up in business and how long you've been in business. But I want to change the, the direction of our conversation a little bit. You've spoke a lot about your business, but not exactly about how you can change the direction of your students. So what do you offer your students? I have, for the the business now, rather than the dance school, um, I, when, when they come in to me, they're often in, in a place of maybe not knowing where to start or they have specific problems. And that's what we tackle first. And it can be everything. It can be anything from retention. It can be marketing. It can be finance. Um, it can be all, you know, all the foundations that go into a business. And it can be any one of those things or any combination of those ones of things. Uh, it can be sometimes that they just lack the direction or the planning or they need, need to make tweaks. With my clients, a lot of the time, the biggest problems that they have is time and money. Because, you know, when you're running an after-school activity, you're limited by, you know, how many students can you get in a class? You're limited by, it's that whole, you know, the, okay, the equivalent of it is you being a coach and you doing all the time one-on-one work. You're only ever going to be able to max your ceiling because there's only so many hours in a day. There's only so much energy that you can give. I know when I do a one-on-one, I can only ever do maybe one or two in a day at the most because I, I'm exhausted because mentally you're, 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 you're on it. Um, a dance school is exactly the same. You know, I was teaching last night and I start teaching at 10 past four and I leave at 20 past nine. And that's all night. Now, I don't teach every class anymore because I'm getting old and my body doesn't quite do what I need it to do all the time. But I do teach three hours. And in, in between all of that, you're dealing with parents. So you're on your feet continually. But there's only so many people we can get in through the door. Even though I run two halls simultaneously, another of my venues, I run three halls simultaneously. So in a night, I can have up of 140, 150 pupils coming in the door in one night. That's a big deal. Whereas if you're a one-man school, one-woman school in one hall, and you're teaching every single class, you know, how many classes can you get in in a night? Maybe four? Because you're limited by that after-school window and when these kids have to go to bed. So what's the most you can potentially get in? So there are these limits. So they're thinking... I'm teaching, I'm teaching, I'm teaching. And then in the day, I'm doing all the admin because there is a ridiculous amount of admin work to be done, as with everything. And then they go in, I'm working, you know, 12 hours, 13 hours a day, sometimes more in some cases for very small income because by the time they pay out all their costs and the hall hire and everything else like that, if they've only got 10 or 11 children in that class, then they're not going to be making an awful lot of money. So it's finding 
for me, I find more times than not the balance between them juggling the amount of admin they've got and how they can start automating those services, how they can start using technology to their advantage, how they can start to step back, making sure that their profit margins are good enough so that if they have only got that break-even point in the class, what do they need to do to push it up, which comes to marketing, which comes to referrals, which comes to word of mouth, which I'm a massive fan of, by the way, because I think that's our business in a nutshell. Um, The whole customer experience and making sure that, you know, you provide this best platform that you can give. And that is product, that is communication, that is customer service, that is making people leave your business going, wow, that was, I let, you let me talk to my friends about that because I love that so much. And it could be sometimes just something as simple as your staff saying, thank you, or can I help you? Or are you okay there? Do you need, do you need a hand? Oh, let me just direct you to the website. Okay. Classic example. Okay. I've gone off on a tangent. Forgive me. I tend to do this. Classic example. During the pandemic, and I understand why, if you got to a pub and it was open and you'd sit there and they'd go, use the app and order your stuff. And you'd be, (laughs) the waitresses were around because they got to deliver the drinks, they got to deliver the food. And they're standing there and I'm on my app for like 15 minutes trying to go, this button's not working. And I'm like, can't I just order through you, please? And they're like, oh no, you've got to use the app. And I was like, I'm not coming back. I said, I'm not. I can't. It drives me insane. I'm like, they're literally stood there versus a pub where we sat down. A waitress walked up to us with an iPad and went, can I take your order? Bam, 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 bam. They did it for me. Let me do it for you. Bum, 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 bum. It'll be with you shortly. And in this particular pub, they literally took payment at the table as well. He literally had it stuck on the back of the iPad, the card machine. Bam. Within minutes, our drinks were on the table. None of this 15 minutes sat there. I know which pub I would go to again because regardless, ironically, of the food, they could have been giving me the same food. I'm going there because the experience was so much better. And for me, when my clients nail the combination of a product, because I know they can deliver, I know they know their stuff. So when they can deliver that product and they can deliver the circumference around it without it eating more into their time. I call this DIY customer service. How much can you DIY? Because people want answers 24-7, yet we're humans. We have to sleep. We can't be on emails 24-7. So how can they get the answers themselves without having to go through a minefield to get there. Because if they can find the answer themselves, they won't come and bug you. And they'll feel happier. They feel like they've got the answer that they need. So sometimes it's not as simple, going back to your question, of take them from A to B. B is where they want to be. But sometimes before A, we've got a couple of hurdles to jump. So it's about finding what those hurdles are because they could be any one of any number of combinations based on whether they've just started or whether they're working a full-time job and running their dance school and therefore are juggling everything and they're in that transition phase of trying to run their school full-time. Or 
you know, maybe they've got three or four studios and they're struggling to keep the overhead sorted and how can they scale that further? And, you know, or maybe the, the staff quite aren't all on the same page and they're struggling with their leadership stuff. Again, another thing I'm highly passionate about is leadership and management. So, you know, how does how does that work based on wherever they are in the journey? And it's it's sometimes hard to pinpoint it, but pinpoint we must to start them on the right path. I totally agree. A lot of people go into business and generally, you know, they have a core uh, core specialist area. For example, they're great at being a dance teacher and they're great mm-hmm. at the front end delivery. But I liken business to someone spinning, maybe in a circus, many, many, many plates and trying to, the the art of success is trying to spin as many plates as you can without letting any fall off. Yes. And that's how you bring your dance then mentoring program to help support dance teachers who need leadership and all the other core um, uh, responsibilities to be successful in business. Yes. Ultimately, that's what it is. You probably summed it up better than I have. (laughs) But yeah, ultimately, that is what it is. I teach them how to spin plates or how to automate them spinning plates so that they don't physically have to go to it and and keep it going. Um, but it is it is juggling an awful lot of balls, 100%, yes. So the question to you, Sarah, is how do you keep all your plates spinning while building your global online business? Um, great question. I... I'm very good at time management. In fact, I teach it. And I find, because I have two children as well, and I have to do the school run and all of that, and I'm still a mum, ultimately, and that is my first job. I suppose that makes me having five. (laughs) But I find that when I'm in work, I have to be in work in the sense of my head has to be down and it has to be productive. And there are times in the past where, you know, you might procrastinate and you go off and all the rest of it. Then that stopped a couple of years back where I went, I have to sort this out. The time I have in work is in work. And then when I got to go and do the school run, I have to stop. Or if I'm going to teach my classes, that's me delivering my product. I can't work on the business then. So I have these small windows and I have to make them as physically productive as possible. So a couple of things I do, I, all my notifications are off. I only go on Facebook at the beginning and at the end of day to check messages, interact and get off and Instagram the same. Emails the same. I go on, I do them, I get off. And then I always, um, I batch where I can. And I also time block. Time block is like my savior. And like, so for example, once I'm off the call for you, I'm going to do some stuff. We mentioned that earlier. I'm going to do some business stuff. And then it all shuts down. This afternoon, I'm working on my new freebie, which will be the lead magnet to the new launch of the new den, the new system that I'm developing. So my head will be down on that. At a certain time, I stop that. I reopen everything back up. I do my stuff. And then off I go to teaching tonight. 
And that's the only way I can manage it. Yes, you get pockets of, okay, you you know, my son was off school on Monday because he was ill and you've got to deal with those life things that come in. But for me, and okay, I've written another, I wrote another book in lockdown and it was, it was initially going to be called Mindset Momentum, but I think it might change from that. And I likened it to being, okay, you've got, you're on a bike and a twig goes in the front wheel and it brings your bike to an almighty stop. And then you're going to have to spend a bit of time to take the twig out, get back on your bike, slowly build up the speed and off you go again. And da, 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 da. Life is that. When you're running a business, life will put a spoke in your wheels and it will stop you. And then it's about you getting out of your own head and going, okay, that was a distraction. That caused me to stop, dealt with it get your head down, get your on and do it. That was a swear word, by the way, but I didn't say it. Right. Okay. So actually just get on and do it. But if you just go, oh my God, I've wasted the morning now and this has happened and then this has happened. I'm going to ring my friend and go, oh my God, you're going to believe this. Suddenly what could have been an 11 o'clock get back to work becomes a one o'clock and you've lost those two hours. So it's about understanding your boundaries which my first mentor will laugh hysterically if she ever listens to this, because when I when she first started working with Karen, um, she was like, Sir, your boundaries are shocking. <laughs> and they really were. But it's about understanding your boundaries and when you start and when you stop and how productive you can be in that time that you are there. The other thing is get help. If why would you spend 10 hours fussing over how pretty a website looks? When you can pay somebody 50 quid to do two hours work and they can do it in two hours. So for me, I buy in help where I need it. I needed keyword help the other day on SEO. I'm buying that in. I've got my website lady. I have bought her in. I I just buy in where I, I just tell me what to do. Will it cost me a little bit more? Yes, it will. But Do I have the time with four businesses and two children? No, I don't. And if I want to hit those long-term goals, if I want to be, and I do want to be, this massive global business, because when I can get out there and get in front of more people, I can help more people. When I stay quiet and stay small and stay hidden, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And even just by somebody listening to my free stuff or coming on to my free lives in my group and all the rest of it, they don't necessarily have to pay me. But if I can help them through that, then that's what I'm here to do. Because I I was that person who was smothered by their damn school and couldn't cope and was going to sell it and give it all up because I just couldn't deal with it anymore. And then I changed the way I worked and changed everything. And I know there's a lot of people out there who are in that position and I want to help them get out of that. So I I have to be that person who's out there and I have to be working on those long-term goals. So I have no choice but to focus on that. And I'm quite, as you can tell from the way I'm speaking and I'm animated and my hands are going and everything, I'm quite strong-minded about that. And I can be quite tunnel-visioned when I need to be. And I'm quite tunnel-visioned about that. 
Sarah, I can see your energy. I can see your passion. And certainly if I was one of your students, I would feel uh, reciprocated and your energy is contagious. But as we bring the podcast to an end today, you mentioned that you're going to be working on your next launch. Mm -hmm. Would you mind giving our listeners a quick preview of when it goes live and what they can expect? Oh, now you've asked a great question. And I'll tell you why, because I'm absolutely useless at launches. I'm absolutely useless. And I'm going to be honest, because I always am. And, you know, as business owners, we're not perfect. And I'm not going to say that, you know, listening to this, you might think, oh, my God, she runs four businesses. She's got two kids. She really sounds like she's got her together. Um, I don't really don't. I drop the ball in some cases. Launches are one of the places I frequently drop the ball. I am endeavoring to keep it going and actually do a proper launch in November, which is when my new um, Start, Scale, Steer Studio System launches. I aim to do a proper launch. And the reason they tend to fail with me and it's ironic because we've just been talking about time management, is because I run out of time. It's the one part of the business I haven't managed to outsource. I haven't managed to find, I've had different VAs and stuff like that, but they just haven't worked out for whatever reason. I haven't quite got that bit nailed so that somebody can say, right, this happens at this stage. And it will be, I know, I tend to jump on, I tend to be a bit ad hoc, And I think that's the problem. It needs a structure. And I haven't quite nailed that structure. It will be lives. It will be e-marketing. It will be Facebook ads. It will be um, content. It will be a freebie. It'll be a webinar or maybe a challenge and a webinar. It'll be those sorts of things. It's just when I get to it, if they're not ready, something will have to give. So if the webinar is not ready, for example, it will have to give. And that's sometimes where I kick myself in the foot because I, I put all these things out there. And yes, I get a good response. And yes, I've got, you know, over 130 members in my membership. But I could be more visual. I could be more out there. And I think if I nailed my launches, they would be more successful than what they are. So that's a big area I'm working on. And what is the website that people can go to? to hear more from you my website is all the w's the uk. and on that note thank you so much for your time today sarah and best of luck best of wishes and you know what you're doing a great job thank you very much and thank you for having me thank you for listening everyone thank you for listening to the show if you have a business story to share please reach out and contact us on michael at michaelcrane.live To hear more stories from entrepreneurs and business leaders, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes and Spotify so you never miss an episode. We look forward to having you back for our next podcast show. Thank you.